0: Hello friends, Uh, my name is Steve and we're here today to discuss chapters six through ten of the Unholy Consult and as always I am here with Daniel and Katerina. Uh, Daniel, do you want to start off the terrible introductions uh, so we can get into the good
1: stuff? (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, I've read these books a few times now and Steve and Katerina are just finishing the series. Coastal. And I'm trying to, trying to help them sort through the t- strings, I guess.
2: Yeah, we will have a lot to sort through this time, I think. I felt many feelings reading these five chapters. And yes. I have a lot of questions.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it, I, forget, I always forget to mention, but it is, it is my first time Reading the series as well. Um, out of all the, I don't know, it's, it feels weird to say, but I think I, enjoy, I know, it feels weird to say you enjoyed chapters like this, but I couldn't put it down. <laughs> it was so much fun. Uh, again, it feels weird to say these are fun, but I really enjoyed these chapters. It's, it was almost like a fever dream, it was very surreal. And coming to this, this point, we've been building to this moment or these moments for a long time. And we're not even in Golgotha Rath yet, but to see all these things start to come together and it was very, very satisfying to get so to be so close.
2: I (laughs) might have a popular opinion here. Uh Um, I, I, I I was happy to see that some of the things that we've been building towards, we finally have the resolution for them. But the way they happened, it's like a lot of it felt like very like it just happened like so quickly, and I guess um I was a little bit underwhelmed, and'm i not and I'm not sure that I've bought the reasons for some of the decisions that Callus made a long time ago that they now uh came to fruition um. And I feel like there was a lot of walking in these chapters too, for some reason. Although I don't feel like we actually, we actually uh, uh, traveled much, but it, it felt like there was just, I don't know. It it was, it was very arduous hmm. for me at least.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Daniel and I, Daniel and I were talking uh, before we started recording, but I think since we've been building to this moment or these, Almost for so long, I think it kind of made sense for us to linger here a little bit, just to, to kind of build, to kind of, um, I don't say build attention, but to to kind of savor the moment that we've gotten so far, we're where to this point. And it, it didn't feel, it. I don't think they really traveled very far, but it felt like they traveled because they, it's almost like they got to the doorstep and then they just kind of, all these other things happened, uh, which is, yeah, very very uh, dark and bleak. And just when you thought, it couldn't get any bleaker. <laughs> Here we go.
2: I will say that a lot of the characters that we've parted ways with in these last few chapters, I was expecting to make it at least to Golgothroth. Hmm. Like Proyas, Tur- uh, Taronga, um I did expect them to fight alongside Kella's or alongside Sorheel in Gogararath, so the fact that they' gone now like at this point like before we we actually got there um that that was quite surprising
0: but are they gone
2: i mean i i like I think Zoronga <laughs> did not deserve to leave so soon so if, if you tell me he's coming back i will be very happy uh, but it didn't look like it was coming back
1: hmm. this is only a fraction of any of their lives they're all going to be eternally damned they're all going to be somewhere still
2: are, pro- they, are they though?
1: Pro- pro- yes in the worst hmm. place probably
2: See, I'm not even sure anymore because then Kellis, there was this part where Kelly starts talking about like how everything that happens that is connected to uh, the Ark and to the unholy console, like how that is sort of like, Trans- how it happens.
1: Transforms the hundred.
2: Yeah. Like how it sort of like happens outside of like the outside so i don't even know like if like i don't even know if they're actually in hell or not um like you would think so but then what if the uh what if the it's not the field of polling but what what if the area around the arc is actually like uh not connected to the outside i i, I mean we can talk i guess we'll talk about it later or maybe we can talk about it now but i i'm just like i'm just getting more and more unsure about everything <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we can when talk when about Ka- it now if you want yeah. when Kellis said what did Kellis say <clears throat> he basically said that his lie was the truth that he came to save the world it was a lie and it was also the, the truth and all he can do is talk the truth now because he's in the shadow or the darkness, he's gone too deep.
2: Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> the I part mean,
1: where Telus I... <laughs> tells Proyas that he lied to him, but the lie was also the truth. Kind of like the the meat situation. Telus didn't directly say it. But he insinuated it in all aspects and then, like I said, said it was the wrong decision Hmm. just in front of everyone to regain his terrible, blasphemous army.
2: I'm just, I'm, like, trying to find, like, a right starting point for, like, us talking about this because... There was like a lot of information and then also a lot of things just happened to people and then we still have like Nayor and uh, Moengas, like Like I guess we can say that like basically all the threats have sort of come together except for Moangas and Nayor. Um, so I don't know if maybe we want to talk about Nayor first and then the rest or I don't know. I'm, sure. tr- I'm, tr- I'm trying to find some structure here because it's it's a lot.
1: Guess we can yeah. cover the people that are outside first, so we can cover Nair and then Akmian and then the host itself, maybe.
0: That uh, that was the the oddest family reunion ever,
1: right? <laughs> and like you were saying, they were all walking, kind of. Akmian mm-hmm. was walking his little path. Serway and Sorwill were kind of teleporting and then walking. Mm-hmm. The Great Ordeal was kind of stumbling and doing terrible things. Yeah. It reminded me of uh I don't know if you guys have ever watched Fear and Loathing, but there's a scene in it where Johnny Depp like takes acid in a casino in Las Vegas and these everyone becomes like lizard people and there's blood all over the floors and they're all like it's like a big orgy of lizards and blood everywhere. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what the great ordeal became for a minute.
2: Um, okay, from, Sor- let's...
1: from Sorville's eyes, it was rough. Oh yeah, but back to it's Nair and Moingus.
2: Um... Oh yeah, let's let, let's let's start with Neor then. So there's this paragraph at the beginning of the chapter, where I think, yeah, Neor sees a person coming up from a pool, and then this the person opens their mouth, and there's like an earthworm coming coming out of their mouth. And uh please explain that to me. <laughs> I mean I, I wasn't sure like was this supposed to be a dream or is this is this did this actually happen? Is this Moangas from after he fell or jumped from the mountain or is this like a dream that Naeris is having about Moangas or is it, is it is it not even a Moengus? Is it someone else who's turquoise eyed? Uh, and young what Hmm. what can you tell us or what what are are we supposed to know are we ever supposed to know
1: um i don't i don't know i told steve one paragraph confused me and that was just like a one little sideline paragraph but it Hmm. turquoise i definitely insinuates sylvendi an earthworm out of the mouth i don't know it's like he's looking at his own reflection too. So it's uh, it kind of goes along with Steve calling this whole thing a fever dream.
2: Yeah, I, I did. I did feel it did read more like a dream to me. Um, and I guess there is some like there are some like sexual undertones with regard to the earthworm. Um, but I don't know. I was I was thinking maybe maybe it's like Moenga's jump from the jumped from the the mountain from like high and ended up in a pool and then just they were found him and <laughs> he swallowed an earthworm so <laughs> <laughs> that sounded maybe too wild
1: i think it sounds like yeah. i'm sorry who to let handle. who go in that situation survey thinks she let him go and he thinks he like jumped free of them
2: Well, I think it's she sort of um insinuated that she manipulated him to one to jump. That that's what I got from her conversation with Sorewheel at least. Um that she uh had like she, she slept with Sorewheel in a very obvious way so that Moengus would notice and that kind of pushed him to jump uh, from the uh, from the top of the the mountain.
1: So both but, both are true.
2: I mean, I guess from Moengus's perspective, yeah, he he thinks he made that decision.
0: I did think it was interesting that <clears throat> that Mwangus was able to. Uh, was able, I don't to say deal with, but was able to endure the, the things that Neor did to him because of what happened to him before. So he, it's like, yeah, this is nothing. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. I was, that was pretty. Um, I mean, I guess it put things into perspective. Like if Neor doesn't scare you, what happened to you previously, that must have been just awful.
1: Or what happened to the memories that are in his head. all, <laughs> Because he seems to despise the horns of Golgothroth, even though hmm. he shouldn't know what they are.
0: And a lot of emphasis is put on the horns. It mentions the horns a lot, and I don't know why. No, I don't. know. Maybe we'll find out. But I thought it was a little strange that it mentions the horns so much. That has to. I'm I'm guessing there's some kind of meaning to that. I just don't know what it is.
2: I don't know. I would just. I just kind of assume it's like a point of convergence for everyone. And they're, yeah, I, I guess they're like so like so monumental. Like the fact that you can see them from so so far away and um, they have this like uh, inhuman aspect to them it, I mean it seems like the kind of a thing that would draw everyone's attention um, hmm. but I guess that's also where everyone seems to be headed um, yeah. but so yeah they they mentioned the horns a lot.
0: uh the skins the when the skin spy walked in with moingus uh, did 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 you katarina did you know did you know that that was the skin spy or did you think it was someone else because it didn't explicitly say at first
2: um i th- yeah i think i just assumed it was the skin spy i think we knew from uh from last week that mm-hmm. um she or it was accompanying uh Naor. So I don't see many other blonde <laughs> good looking women hanging out hanging out around uh Naor.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs>
2: um but yeah, I, I guess my, uh, I, I guess I'm still, I guess we didn't, I don't know, I didn't feel like we l- learned that much about in this chapter, except maybe for the fact that Neor is still like very much uh, set on revenge. That's his main motivator. He wants to destroy Kalis and somehow, in some way, he's made a packed with the console but it's not clear like what exactly it is like to what extent they're actually uh collaborating and what role exactly the skin spy's playing there
1: that the skin spy wants him dead and for some reason air hasn't killed him yet he just made him his dog his dog son instead
2: His his dog son and his dog uh, skin spy.
1: Yep, I guess dogs hate each other. Hmm. But she obviously thought he should be dead already, and for some reason he's not. And now he knows that. So, why is Nair keeping him alive?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe does may does he maybe have a soft spot for Moengus?
0: You know, there's another thing that kind of like an undertone in in all these in these last few chapters, and even in in this maybe even in this book is uh, a lot of discussion about love and um you know, like why love or um so I think we're starting to see some these characters have a little bit of of that like they're they are capable of love so i thought maybe it was uh, Nora's doesn't want to kill moingus because he has a soft spot for him maybe he sees himself in him and doesn't can't do it but
2: maybe um yeah could be and but then he also has this speech about how uh basically he hates everything and everything is weak and the world is weak, and so he has to destroy <laughs> basically his mission is to uh destroy the entire world um, so uh, it's uh ambiguous
1: yeah yeah for sure were uh, you guys ex- yeah. what were you guys expecting a father son meeting between them two ever?
2: no I'll admit that that's something that. Never really occurred to me could happen.
0: No, I don't think so either. I just thought it was a like they, they would never cross paths, but here we are. <laughs> I don't know. So, I have now that they have met and have this weird family reunion. I think it's going to play a big part in the conclusion somehow with Kellis. I'm assuming that Neora's Kellis are going, going to have to. Face off or kind of settle this eventually, and Moingus will probably probably play play a big part in that. Whichever way it goes, maybe Neor doesn't kill Moingus because he thinks he can use him with, against Kallus somehow. Like he can,
1: I don't know. He he could kill two Moinguses though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, he he failed to kill the first one really, so. Maybe maybe re- history is supposed to is is going to repeat and re- maybe history is going to repeat itself and he's uh, he's going to fail to kill this morning as well. Hmm.
0: Is this getting harder, Daniel, for you to... <laughs> now that no, we're getting towards the end? To not uh, spoil anything.
1: I don't know. Things are happening now, so oh, I can't spoil very much of some characters' futures. I can't spoil anything that happens to Sabon anymore. Yeah.
2: That's good to hear.
1: <laughs> RIP Sabon. Simplebull. RIP
2: he eaten by pro <laughs> But is he actually dead? Cuz I thought he was I mean, he wasn't he wasn't exactly alive when when pro ate him, I think. I mean, in the sense that he was like in this sort of like in-between state where he was like kind of in hell but not really
1: so he was eaten and taken advantage of alive by pro is what you're saying and he's still alive
2: maybe parts of him somewhere
1: it was a <clears throat> it was a bad couple days for the great ordeal
2: I'm, I'm surprised, like, none of them died of infection. Like, considering the, this, I mean, what, what they ate uh, when they uh, attacked the, the, the scalded. It's that- suspicious that so many of them made it out alive.
0: You know, I had this theory that i don't know if i ever said it out loud cuz it sounded kind of silly but i had this theory about the shrank being originally human that they were converted by eating shrank meat like they would they ate shrank and they became shrank they somehow converted people to shrank but the shrank the shrank meat started to wear off right when they stopped eating shrank for a while so Proria started to kind of snap out of it a little bit everyone started to realize what they had done I felt really bad for Proyas because having him come off of that and realize all the things, all the terrible things he's done, and and to to for uh, was it Serwa who came and found him and was like, "Where's my brother?" And like, "What are you doing? Like, <laughs> what's going on here?" It's kind of like you know to be caught to be found by someone who hasn't who hasn't experienced what they'd experienced, and someone on the outside looking into them and saying there's like heads impaled and there's you're eating each other and all these things are happening and what like what are you doing like what what's what's going on so i it, it was a very
1: uh, i felt very awkward for Proyas. the part part where he asked can i eat it <laughs> can i can i eat the meat and then sir and sir are like whoa and then coyotes is like of course eat eat that meat
2: I mean it was that was um it was terrifying but also very funny i mean yeah but i mean i think your like your theories sounds pretty solid i I do wonder what would happen what would have happened if uh the ordeal men continued eating the meat like would they would they have turned into strength eventually or what would they just be like human but still like behaving like the shrank
1: or shrink are like non-men right so they'd be a version of shrink maybe a human version
2: yeah but, but which um... would
1: probably be uglier they always talk about the non-men to be like the most <laughs> beautiful things in the world so the shrink are probably similar, even though they're terrible. Mm. They mm. probably look like weird elves still. Kind of.
2: Well Human strength well,
1: would be worse. I think it would be... I, I don't know. It would be bad.
2: Well, I, I guess the strength ran out, so we'll never find out. But Sorial Sorial did mention somewhere I I remember that there was a cure for what for for whatever happened to them when they ate the meat, uh, but I don't think he ever said what it was.
1: Yeah, they disregarded it. No one was trying to hear that. They're all sobering up now, anyways.
2: Yeah, they had he had uh, he and Zoronga had different uh, priorities when they when they were talking about that.
0: Yeah, that's something else. Um, yeah, it, it is kind of hard to find like a starting place to discuss all this. <laughs> just cause it's all over the it's all over the place, but
2: uh, um. yeah. Was there anything did Maimara or Kamian do anything important in this chapter?
1: Mm. They just made it to the Proyas Proyas seen him.
2: Right, they they uh they saw Proyas hanging on the on the rope. Oh
0: yeah.
2: But I'm not sure so I, I think ProYas recognized the and he, and he I think he even called to him, but I don't know that Akamian noticed that Proez was still alive.
1: Nope. And that was before Kellus picked him back up. The first mm-hmm. time. Maybe the only time. Power is damnation.
2: Hmm... Yeah, I don't think there was anything, anything else with my Mara. Did you guys
1: finally understand why Kellis had to break Proius all the way down?
2: I mean, I understood. I understood it, but I'm not sure I bought it. <laughs> The whole, the whole uh, reasoning that you know, if if Kalis, uh, not if Kalis, if Proyas wasn't a non-believer, that he would not, he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't listen to Calus's order, and he would never, he would never order the ordeal to eat the scalded. I, I mean, I don't know. Proyas seemed pretty keen to do anything that Callus told him to do. I, so, I, I mean, I understand, like, I understand that Kellis, I I can understand that Kellis needed a scapegoat, that he needed to sacrifice someone important to, like, help the, the men justify the things they did, but I don't, I'm not sure I'm convinced that, like, breaking proes was necessary in order to do that
0: i think um i forget what chapter it was but they might have been in chapter six they just uh, i forget who was that said it but i think serba said it um that the dungain value faith and not trust that's kind of what i what i thought that's why Kellus needed him to have faith needed to break him down and and rely on his faith and not trust not just follow orders but be like a deeper something deeper than just following orders like he needed to believe in what was but what they were doing and not just do it because he was told is that i don't know if that makes any sense
2: i don't know i mean i i mean i feel like of all the the zadunyani proyas was probably the most or one of the most faithful ones already Mm -hmm. um like he was like a true believer. Um, so I I don't know, it just seemed like, I I think he could have just told him to do it and he would have done it.
1: What'd be the fun of that though? <laughs> Kelis didn't seem to think so, right?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, yeah,
1: am I wrong, or did Proyas even say all you had to do was tell me to do it and I would have mm-hmm. did it? And Kellis said, No, you're stubborn.
2: Yeah, he did say that, but I, I can't help but think that Kellis underestimated Proyas's uh faith in Kellis. But I mean, my, I, I in at the end of the day, it makes for like a good arc for Proyas, I guess. <laughs> I mean, good, good in terms of uh, storytelling, not not uh, not for Proyas, the person, obviously.
1: I wasn't there eating people's lips. So I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel.
2: Did you feel bad for Proyas, Steve? Like, what did you?
0: I really did. Um, yeah, because he uh, he you know, coming off of it, and he's he's become the scapegoat. Um, yeah, I felt really terrible for him for that character. Um, I was trying to think who's who's gotten it worse than Proyas.
2: I mean, Doringa, he didn't do anything. Like, I mean, I will argue. Like, Proyas maybe kind of deserved it. You know, <laughs> like he he did a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. When he was under Kellis, um, I felt. I don't know. Like, I I get that in some way he was like trying to be a good person, but really what he was was just a fanatic um and now someone's like so obsessed with like following the rules and like being the judge of like what's right and what's wrong and so it i don't know like so narrow-minded in in in, in certain in certain ways that i uh don't like obviously like him becoming the scapegoat is like that sucks, but I, you know, like taking things in balance. I, I feel like he had a lot to he had he did a lot of things that he should pay for.
1: Telos told him he's going to be paying for him forever.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, but it's not. I mean, it can be just him like eating people, like he like thousands of people. I mean, he, I think he, there's like one one part the, in the previous book where he like thinks thinks he's thinking back to like some old like um, some old uh, what did they call it uh, campaigns where like they would massacre cities and they would like kill just babies like in in hundreds and thousands and like he had a lot of like I mean I I did come to like Proyas. In the, especially in these latter books, but at the same time, he had a lot of blood on his hands. Um, so out of the two, like out of Proaz and Zoringa, Zoronga, I, I, I definitely feel like Proaz was the one more deserving of, of that ending. Um, hmm. I, I was really, I was really, I felt really bad for, uh, for Zoronga. The- I was really hoping that he would he would stick for at least a little bit longer.
1: His his Zumi father did that to him. Shouldn't have betrayed and tried to take over the Empire. Sure, the kid didn't serve it, but in a way, he was kind of also very one-track-minded. He just wanted Kelis dead, and that was the only thing that mattered to him. And yeah. Kelis still isn't dead.
2: He's not. I I mean I kinda wonder like why why does Kellis care about Zoom anymore? Like the Empire is gone. It does like Zeom's like on the other side of the world. They there's nothing they can do to Kellis anymore. So why does he care? Like why why does he go the extra mile to take revenge on uh the Sarakan, the Zorunga's father. What, like, why does he even bother? And and why does he? I mean, I get like again, like Zoronga may maybe a scapegoat. Like it helps the cause with the, it helps with the situation in the Greater Real. Like fine, but just speaking about Zayum why does it matter if if like who rules in zeum and like it's so far away it's it's not significant for the ordeal it's not significant significant what's happening like around glogadrath why care why waste energy why get rid of like why lose like one of your uh sifrang um like why lose them on zeum what's what's the point why does it matter
0: i might be totally off here and i might be I might feel like a complete moron later on the book. later when we get to the end, but there were a couple of things that um like like that plot thread that I thought he maybe developed and didn't know where to take it. So it's just, he's still kind of I don't know. Uh he he's not sure how to tie them up. But maybe I'm wrong. But it's it felt a little like he'd created these plot threads and it's like, what do I do with this now? Like we're nearing the end.
2: I don't know. I mean, it, it felt like a very, you know, when he takes the the siffering, the ciphering hat head and and puts it on Malawabi's body and sends him to Zoom. It's it felt like a very emotional response by Kellis to what happened in Momum. So maybe that's that could have been like Kellis acting on an impulse or on an emotion, but I don't know. If it was premeditated, I, I'm not seeing the point of it, really.
0: There was a, a line, let me see if I can find it, about, because you went to the Sifring. see if I can find it. um okay this this was the shortest path the way of suffering hunger without scruple or constraint
1: who is thinking that again was it Sorwell? i think this is it
2: sounds like sore to me yeah. i think I mean, I I'll say. Oh, in the meantime, while you're looking for the for the quotes, um, I you 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 gotta love Toriel so for like managing to change his mind about Kell's at least three times with within the span of like one chapter.
1: <laughs> what was the quote I, where he even thinks it himself? <clears throat> he says, "Oh." He had staggered reeling from conviction to conviction, worse than a court buffoon. That's pretty much described Sorbel to you guys. <clears throat> Why you both like him and hate him at the same time, because he's real confused. Even I mean, still, right at the approach of Golgothoroth, still confused.
2: Yeah, with, I, could, I the, guess I can relate to it. It's like you know, I, I read an article, I, I read a news article, like on a, on some topic, and I'm like, oh yeah, like of course, this, this is how things are. Then I read another article that said something else, and I'm like, oh, no, of course that makes sense. And then I read another one, and I change my mind again. <laughs> it's, I think it's very relatable.
0: It is. It's just, I think in in this in this world, it's very, it's, it seems off because we've been reading about all these horrible people they are willing to do almost anything to survive. And then we get to Sorewheel, and he's like very malleable. Like he's one of us in that world. And it's weird.
2: Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's true. Like a lot of the other characters that we, in, we, we get to interact with. Uh, they, they all have like very strong convictions. Like they have seem to have a like clear understanding, like what's evil and what's, good and or who's evil and who's good um it's usually them who's good and the others are evil um whereas surreal is like constantly pivoting from one to to the other um i so i think it's refreshing but see mm-hmm. you, you you seem to disagree steve
0: <laughs> yeah well another thing and i maybe i missed it but where the hell is a white luck warrior
2: um, I think he died in the tsunami, didn't he? Oh,
0: because <laughs> we spent a whole book.
2: It was a long well, book.
0: Not a whole book, but we spent a lot of time. So, uh, I I hope the white look warrior comes into play somehow. Otherwise, it'll be kind of a bummer.
1: What did Kellis say about it? <clears throat> in These chapters, he said, like the gods sent assassins who thought they knew like the future but they don't know the future i think it was uh melowebi thinking it while he's dangling on a belt loop (laughs) something yeah So maybe maybe we'll see more of the White Luck Warrior. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he was never the White Luck Warrior.
2: <laughs> I I don't know. Is is Soriel still the Narendar? Is like is he still um well I don't know if every if he ever was the Narendar. but if he was, or if at least he was somehow connected to Yadwar, is he still the goddess's pawn is uh, there? I think we saw some storks flying over uh, Golgothrath.
1: Yeah, and when he seen all the bad stuff happening and he decided how evil Kelis was (laughs) and then he started carrying around his uh, core in his hand and he was close enough to to Kellis to touch and close enough to Saraway to touch. And he just still won't. Because he's a court buffoon. True.
2: And he, he also has these, like, I don't know if they're visions or if he's just imagining he's talking to the goddess but he has these like yeah i don't know visions i guess where he's talking to the mother or a mother someone's mother um which i don't know if it's supposed to be at or if it's just him imagining things or if it's just i don't know if it's maybe just talking to himself and like it's his way of like coping with everything that's happening around him
1: I think it's <clears throat> maybe yeah, we're in his mother's voice. It just seems like the voice is his mom. Hmm. Who better to convince you to do something than the voice of your dead mom?
2: Yep. I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just something, I think there was, yeah, there was something he, he says, or no, she says, uh, he says, mother, like, he's asking if it's his mom, and then she says, do you see, Sorwa, uh, and he says, what I must do, and she says, No my child, what you are. And I think it's, like, right after he walked through the, uh, the encampment and saw all that gruesome stuff that the, uh, the ordeal men left behind.
1: There was a part where he said he thought he recognized several of the faces but could not summon the will to defile names. What they were doing was just so bad. He didn't want to associate. It's pretty bad
2: yeah there was uh there was a lot of references to the trackless ground when they're when they're at the field of appalling and uh later later on they talk about i think Zoronga talks about how uh there's basically no nothing you do in this place is sin because this is like a place without norms and without judgment but i mean it was too interesting it was too- it was interesting to me like thinking back to the 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 first trilogy where we had a lot of a lot of people talking about the trackless step and now we're reached a place where that's uh that's um they call they refer to it as the the trackless ground
1: The Sylvandi should be at home.
2: A bunch yeah. of
1: normal humans doing exactly what they usually do.
2: Well, I mean, it's bizarre. This kind of strange because the Trekkless step was, in a way, was like, as, like as a metaphor for like liberation and like getting rid of like the yoke of custom and and um, overcoming like useless traditions or traditions that are unnecessarily like binding um so it was kind of like a good thing at least i that's what the way i read it um and it was kind of in juxtaposition to the skill the customs but here with the truckless ground it's like it's kind of the opposite it's like it's like what well, it was like the extreme of it. it's like complete abandonment of any kind of norms it's like it's, it's just chaos. Um, yeah.
1: Freedom to just too much freedom.
2: So, I mean, I, 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 it was interesting thing to um, think about.
1: Is this what Baker thinks humanity is like in its essence is just like the worst thing ever. <laughs> if you give it all the freedom, then that's what it becomes.
2: I think that may be a bit unfair. Hmm.
0: I think it's, isn't it Neora that mentions the the non-men seek the absolute?
2: Someone mentions it.
1: Everyone in different ways. Mm And Kellis thinks that the only place the absolute could be is the place where the gods can't see which is gogadoroth so if the absolute is hiding anywhere then he's real close to it
2: i i i feel like i have i the more i hear about the absolute the less of an understanding i have of what it actually is or if like everyone seems to think it to be something else. It's it's very confusing.
1: That's that's religion. It's like the Christians think it's one way and the Buddhists think it's another way, the Taoists think it's another way. Everyone thinks it's a, it's almost completely different, but they're all trying to describe the same thing. I would assume Kellis is better at describing things than old religious people, though.
2: Well, he's he's definitely very captivating and very convincing. Which, I mean, that kind of was my issue with the way that um, the way he presented Proyas's alleged betrayal. Um, it's it, like I get it, like I understand the reasoning, but it seemed it all seemed to happen so fast, and everyone seemed so keen to just believe that Proyas was somehow an agent of the consult. Um, that, that it made, it made me feel, I don't, it it made it seem like I'm I'm kind, I guess I'm kind of, it's hard for me to believe that it would happen so quickly or that people would be so quick to believe that Proyas was a traitor considering Mm -hmm. everything that they went through together. And I, I get that maybe part of it is that it's not that people believed it, but that maybe they just want to believe it. They want to have something or someone tell them that they're not responsible for the awful mm-hmm. things that they did. Um, but I mean, it, it's, I don't know, like usually Kelly takes like a long, long time to prepare people for these like big declarations and like big changes in leadership. And this all seemed to happen like so quickly um, that I felt that's why I say it was a bit underwhelming. Like it just felt like it happened too fast.
1: I get that. Kellis just pops in out of the blue, blows the tent into the sky.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was very cheesy. (laughs) Like.
1: but I could see a sharp difference from like the holy war army and the great ordeal army and since they all had just did the worst things humans can do instantly absolving them of the blame is like in their best interest and then finding some blood to drink is also fun for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> that was that was also bizarre. Like, he, like Calus tells them off for eating people, and then like two minutes later, he's like, "Drink blood from these people."
1: <laughs> yeah, but but drinking it now will save you. After you just did it, and it's bad. They're thirsty, though, so they did it. Now they probably all feel pretty good. The way it was described, like, all of a sudden, the whole crowd turned into, like, flower petals because the one guy's in the middle trying not to get grabbed by all the other guys. And then the fl- the flower petal, like, <clears throat> dissolving. It was pretty cool. I came in. Couldn't quite figure out what was going on, though. As usual.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's he's always a little bit, a little too late.
1: Yes. He's stuck in the past. The prophet of the past. But now his past and his present have pretty much converged.
2: The, I'm uh... oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: I was I was just gonna talk about something else.
2: Well, same. Um oh, okay. I, I was just gonna <laughs> say that the the hanging was. I don't, I, I felt kind of numb, but then. I feel like maybe I'm still processing what happened it, again like it happened so I, I would I, I wasn't it took me even while to understand that they were being hanged and then it happened so quickly that I was like are they I wasn't even sure if they were dead and then I, I read the I think I read the part where like a comment, well, no, it was that what happened right but then I finally understood they were like dead and it's like, okay, now I'm starting to feel sad and then the next next chapter, like, I find out that Pro is not dead and Kellas is like drawing him up the the ledge and and then I'm like, Okay, so I felt like maybe he's not going to so he's not going to die, like I'm happy again. And then he kicks him down the ledge again and hangs I was <laughs> It was it was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I <laughs> I had a lot of questions about that part.
1: He gave him some water. Tried to be nice and then all of a sudden he wasn't nice anymore. He's still done yin, maybe.
2: I don't know. It was just weird because he says I don't want he says something like along the lines like he doesn't want Proyas to die or that it's too soon for Proyas to die so I was like okay so maybe he's going to use send him somewhere like maybe some some other use for him and then he kills him again and I did not understand why like if if he was gonna kill him again why just not let him die quickly
1: Like he asked for. He asked for him to just be done with it.
2: Hmm. You know, why why have this conversation with Proyas and then kill him again?
1: And what did he say when he was asking questions? That, like, everything's darkness now, so he doesn't know, like, what he should do so he's just gonna tell the truth now hmm. that's all that he can do is tell the truth but also a lie sometimes the truth can be multifaceted <laughs> if you're a danyan mm. and i feel bad for his wrong stronger too but it was a A morale boost to the army. They instantly needed someone to blame for all their wives and children probably being dead. Hmm. They didn't seem to take that news too bad, actually.
2: I mean, why would it? like, why did they need to know at all? Like, why tell them?
1: I actually don't think that Kellis said that they were all dead. He said that he went there and found his house in disarray and he fixed it. And then he came back and found this house in disarray. Now he has to fix it. So maybe they all still kind of think that everything's fine back home.
0: Uh, uh, And... The Camian came, in probably mispronouncing, as I've had from the very beginning. But he do he does um, have a he, on page one seventy one. Uh, Tell me, what do you see? What am I?
2: Right. In the cradle that's, of the no god. That's. Yeah. That's from one of the dreams, isn't it? Yeah.
1: All the way back from the fields of Mangetta. In the mm-hmm. Second book, maybe. Yeah, I think it was. You thought it was a
0: 30, I remember.
2: Tsuruma.
1: So his dreams are creeping into his awakeness now.
2: Maybe. Looks like it, yeah. Ugh.
1: There was a cool, like, someone wrote a letter to their wife while they were on The Great Ordeal. Did you guys see that?
2: Was it in in, in the epigraphs, or where was it?
1: Yeah. Said the teeth come alive when you are starving. So anxious are they to chew and chew, as if convinced they need only bite to find gratification. Simplicity becomes ferocious when bare survival becomes the matter. I fear I will have no more vellum to write you after this, supposing you receive anything. It shall all be eaten, along with the boots, the harness, the belts, and our honor.
2: Uh, I I read it, but I, I wasn't sure. I, w- I wasn't sure if it was someone from the ordeal or just some random person writing about how they're starving.
1: That was one of the letters that made it back from the ordeal. That was probably before they really ate their honor, too. This is only when they first started nibbling on the honor.
2: Yeah, I don't think they have much of their honor left. Well, uh...
1: It's it's all in Golgothroth, and they have to go get it back. There's still a group of people that just still think it's their granary, and they want it open so they can eat all the meat. There's a couple different groups in the great ordeal now. Wild. Meat Um, eaters and vegetarians.
2: I was, I was kind of surprised that a lot of them, or at least part of part portion of uh, the great ordeal resisted to the, to the temptation, uh, including Zoronga. He was one of the, one of those who did not eat any, uh, well, I think he ate the. I think he ate the shrank meat, but he didn't eat the human flesh. He didn't eat the the it.
1: With only with only one of the judges left, that was guiding all them.
2: Yeah, they uh, they might they they ate the judges. <laughs> um. There is a. Um, there's the line where Proyas, after he's been hanged for the first time, he asks Kellis if he's saved, um, or if he's damned, and Kallus is like, "I have no clue." He he said, like he he um, he says, "I am no prophet," um, and then
1: tells him that he saved lots of people. So what's his one little soul compared to all the people he saved?
2: Yeah. And then, then he talks about where is the part, the part that I really struggled with. Um, yeah. He talks about the inquiry. He says the most Horrific, thi- the most horrific thing to understand, Proyas, is that at some point the inkri must win. At some point, perhaps this year or ages hence, the whole of humanity will be butchered. Think on it. Why did Momaz strike Momem, his namesake city, and not this infernal place? Why? Why is Eternity blind to Golgothrath? Because it stands outside Eternity, outside of what the gods can see. And that blindness is nothing short of breathtaking. yes. our actions, our great ordeal follows doom outside of doom. We undertake a pilgrimage that rewrites the hundred with every step. So, it's the part where he says that at some point the Inkurai must win. That's where I was like, wait, so, are are you telling me that it's this has already been decided that like regardless of what you do here at some point the inquiry will close the outside is is that what he's saying here
1: (laughs) it seems like that's what he's saying does that mean he's team inkarai now
2: sorry is he what
1: is is he the leader of the or soon to be leader of the unholy consult then or is he still trying to fight against him even though he thinks that eventually they'll win does that seem like a dunyan thing to do F- fight a losing battle hmm.
2: i don't know i i i have no idea
1: <laughs>
2: yeah i um now, I mean, I wonder, I guess it made me wonder if the consult wins or will win eventually, then, and that's the reason, and, and, and we'll close the outside, and that's the reason why uh, the the gods cannot... Comprehend the console. They that they can't see it. They can't see it. The, the future of the console is is how is that connected to Kellis and the fact that the uh, the the gods are also not able to see what his future will be. Like the fact that they send the Narendar and then the, the Nerevar fails to to assassinate him. Does does that imply that in that future where the inquiry have won is. Kel is also going to be in that future? Is he also alive in that future? Or, or at least in some way, like he's still there playing some role? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't expect you to say, to, to have an idea, Steve, but I'm, uh, maybe some speculation.
0: I just keep going back to what you said. I don't know how many books but we've talked about it before the famous line of the more i read the less i know that's i just keep thinking of that <laughs> I don't know. it just gets
1: uh
0: deeper and deeper
1: it's pretty weird that like earlier you said all the strings are coming together and then it's still getting more and more confusing and the strings are coming more and more together
2: i guess, well, I, I guess yeah. they're not mutually exclusive well i
0: think like the where we're like i guess geographically where they are we're getting to the point where we're getting to the to gulgatarath that's what we've been kind of anticipating or at least it's been on the horizon for so long and we're they're finally there at the doorstep but motivations i i mean i I don't know It's it's a mystery to me still there's a lot of things i'm not um not too sure, but i I don't expect it to be wrapped up until maybe the very end for a lot of it, or maybe not even at all, which would be kind of frustrating, gotta say.
1: I think Baker still has a couple more surprises for you guys, probably shocking surprises.
2: Mm. That's that's good. I mean, I I will say like a lot of the stuff that I thought was maybe going to happen at the end of this book has already happened, um, like Proyas and Duranga, um departing and um, the uh, the men turning into basically Strang, like all that stuff. I thought it was just going to come at at the very end, and that's already passed. So. Um, I'm I'm curious what what still awaits us. Well,
0: it doesn't look like, and I hate to I'm 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 really trying not to not to look at the chapter names because I think there's things, but um, you no, know, we finished off on ten, so eleven, twelve, and thirteen. We don't, according to the chapter names, we will get into Golgadoroth until fourteen, so. There's still a lot more that can happen before the even before they even go inside or uh, you know, until that. But I, I expect that to be um I don't know. I don't I don't even know what to expect. But there's still more that's going to happen before the e it seems like before we get into Gogatarov.
1: So what else can go wrong? Yeah. And they definitely can't be doing much traveling and the before they get to go go to they are there
2: so well, that should be I'm good happy to hear that. yes I, i'm looking forward to not any walking
0: i think it was dan of the black and blue collar reader mentioned because he had finished this book i think recently and he had mentioned i really like the story but i just wish he'd tell the story and not linger and not kind of spend so much time um but I didn't mind it too much. That that we were kind of lingering a little bit. We're we're not moving forward. So I'm I'm not sure what you you both think of that. Like um, I think he was just a little frustrated that we just weren't moving along. Like we the story wasn't progressing fast enough.
2: I I mean I kind of agree, kind of disagree. I would happily do without the parts where people just walk (laughs) and walk (laughs) walk on um but i would i kind of wish that we had spent more time in ishtarabind and more time um with the great ordeal but in like i mean like some of my favorite parts about the series from the series or like from the first trilogy are like the the politics of the holy war and the fact like i mean like the holy war like objectively speaking like it also like there was also a lot of walking but i don't i never felt like that was the focus of those books like it felt like it was much more um we were much more focused on like the characters like interacting with one another like spend like spending time like having conversations plotting against each other like the politics the, the conspiracies and contra conspiracies and i kind of wish that i guess i wish the uh, greater real was more like that because that's what i enjoyed about the holy war um and yeah just like a lot of the places that we passed through along the way like the the the, the mentions the esterobines i we re- i wish we had more time like i wish me we, maybe we'd gotten there earlier had more time to Get to know the people or the, the non-men there. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if like what you make of that answer, but that's uh, I guess that's how I felt or felt so far about these books.
1: And I think half of what Baker is doing is trying to question. Like, a, a lot of the old fundamental philosophical questions. And the story is sort of second-hand. When the struggle with, like, what is human, what is, like, free will, are all more what he wanted to explore. And he said that before. He said that fantasy is just like the vehicle that he gets to like explore his philosophical questions with.
0: Seems like more horror, didn't it? <laughs> it seemed pretty, pretty horror esque.
1: This book, or the
0: second series, I think is more horror. Even going back to the judging I... Um, maybe not so much the white luck warrior a little bit, but the series, I think it was more, I don't know, maybe the first series I'd say is fantasy, but the second part has been very, I don't know, lo- lots of horror elements.
2: Yeah. I think I the first series maybe focuses more on the psychology of the characters and there may be fewer Magical elements.
1: Religious, mystical elements. Hmm. I think that there's like a kind of a pretty direct correlation with like metaphysical things and horror, right? Ghosts and just like any horror is like something that's not quite real unless it's a serial killer or something which is also horror which we have in these books they're just not that scary that's not the scary thing they do is serial killing people that's just
2: there's I, too many of them
1: yeah it's yeah. that, a tuesday for most of the characters nair with his scarred cheeks and scarred neck and probably x's on his ears I don't know where Ollie has all the X's, but I, th- I think everywhere. His whole body is littered with all the X's.
2: Yeah. I wonder if there's any part left untouched.
1: Hmm. I think he did his neck when he killed what he thought was Kellis or something.
2: Yep, And then in, in this book, it mentions that he even has this was on his face.
1: All over his face, yeah. Hmm. Probably a pretty scary looking guy. Yeah.
2: I would not want to meet him. (laughs) But I do think he's a great character. But But I also kind of wish he was dead. For For everyone concerned, I think they would probably wish he was dead.
1: He's a good general for the no god. A consult
2: well is he though I mean he has a rep he has a tendency to be quite um, unpredictable <laughs> and unstable
1: this is true
0: and there there is also more passages um they hear voices that very closely were very close to uh like prayer uh, we talked about this last week but it seems like they're like we're getting more of that too now
1: all the fun scriptures tell us wrote mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So. There's at the very last page of chapter ten. I think, yeah, I think it's from Proyas's point of view. He uh, he references a golden crown. He says, let me, read, let me just read it. Um, the sun reaches the summits rearing behind them, and looking out and up from his meat where it dangles, the skeptic king sees it, truly sees, a golden crown for a head greater than any mountain, a laurel set upon negligent earth, an infinite abdication what what is is what is what is supposed to be the crown is is that Golgotha wrath that he's looking at is it the the arc and the the horns is that what he's seeing and he thinks he's thinking to himself that it looks like a crown or is it something else and then he he's he talks about an infinite abdication um so who if if that's the crown then who has put it down like who has abdicated who is he referencing or who's he referring to do you have any thoughts guesses is it a halo It says a golden crown for a head greater than any mountain. Hmm. <laughs>
0: oh. Since
1: he since he's dangling seeing S and Golgotha Roth, it might be Golgotha Roth, right? Because it the way they describe it, it's Like, one straight up horn and one canted horn that sits kind of to the side. And they both go all the way up through the clouds. It seems like there's a layer that's, like, always frosted over because it's so high. And maybe if you were in enough pain, which is probably causes, like, semi-hallucinations then it would look like a crown for a head as big as a mountain. Maybe it's the God of Gods watching the battlefield. Maybe the God of Gods can't see.
2: Maybe, I mean, I guess maybe he's referring to the Apathy or dis- disinterest of the God of Gods. Um, like, right, like right before the, um, on the page right before that, he's talking to Kellis and they talk about the God of Gods, and uh, Kellis says, um, The God of Gods is as blind to his cre- creation as we are blind to ourselves. So I guess in some way you could in you you could say that the god of gods has abdicated from engaging in in worldly matters. But yeah, I, I wasn't sure like I wasn't sure if what kind of a matter, like if it was referring to something like more impor- like important or if it was just more just a metaphor for like how he was feeling and what he was seeing around him um and then 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 he's he's he continues and he he thinks back to his father and he says um, on his deathbed proud onoya's had called for his son knowing that he would not come um Because it mattered not at all what a life makes of a soul. Not at all. And then he says... uh, The world is more real, parsed into light and shadow. The distances are more distant and we are less embroiled. Impunity leaps from the cracks between us and we punish whom we will. And again, I, I wasn't sure if he meant... If that was just, like, he was losing it, like, if he, you know, he was, like, hallucinating and basically kind of semi-dead already and just not really making sense, or if it was more him, like, I feel like, ha- I don't know if he was supposed to, like, refer to or, like, explain something about, like, the outside and, like, about the judgment and about whether he was transitioning to the outside or maybe like not because he died at Golgothrath or almost at Golgothrath if like he was going to be damned or not because when he's he, he says that it matters not at all what a life makes of a soul so I, I'm sorry I'm just rambling but I'm like what does this mean is it is it how how am i supposed to understand this what's the
0: supposed to understand it at this point yeah
1: Yeah. i don't know i don't know i guess we'll see if that's the last thoughts bro yes ever had if it's his his end of life epiphany
2: Hmm. so i mean if that's his epiphany like what is the epiphany that no matter what you do you'll always end up in hell like that's kind of how it reads to me like especially if you're someone who was born into power um i think that's a conversation that i think Proz has with his father where they talk about the fact that like, if, if you have power, you're basically, by default, you will go to hell. Yeah,
1: Steve said at the beginning of this podcast, power is damnation, I think, right? Mm-hmm.
2: So, I don't know, Is maybe like him just saying, it doesn't matter what he, like, he was already damned. It, it didn't really matter all the other, all the things he did. Like, there was never, ever... Way for him to escape damnation. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very uh, depressing.
1: Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. That's what this book's supposed to teach you: that ignorance is bliss.
2: Being a slave is a is, is blessing.
0: yeah it's kind of a tough you well as much as I enjoyed it, now that we're trying to talk about it, it's like, it's hard to discuss because it's just so surreal and doesn't it felt like a like a dream
2: yeah i I mean, I found them pretty difficult to read and maybe even harder to talk about <laughs> as you no. can as you've witnessed for the past 90 minutes.
1: There's a part where it said, like, everyone in the ordeal was whittled to the point of a private apocalypse. Like, after they had done all the worst stuff in the world, that, like, they were on the verge of, like, a soul apocalypse, if that makes sense. And now they're sobering up from that. But whether they're all damned or they're all not damned, I guess we'll just have to just see if we get answers or if we just have to make assumptions. Assumptions would be they did worse things than anyone else has ever done, so they're probably not gonna have great endings. It seemed like they were like cutting holes in the living people and and raping them and that's that's bad it's like the worst that's the worst of the worst i think
2: i mean who decides what's bad and what's not i still don't know maybe it's okay i mean like what like you know what do the sifrang do when you when you come to hell like they rip you into pieces and eat you so is that good is that bad If that's bad, then why do they punish you the same? Well, I mean, I don't. I don't. (laughs) I don't. I'm just saying that I don't know anything at this point. I wouldn't be too surprised if all the good people end up in hell and. and whatnot
1: if good ends up not being good in the end
2: yeah Mm. or if it's just arbitrary Um.
1: and just like they said earlier like if if you're a snake you're definitely going to heaven no matter what you do and if you're a rabbit you're going to hell no matter what you do arbitrary humans just by their human nature all go to hell (laughs) Yeah. At least the uh, humans in this world, by their human nature. <clears throat> There's probably some good enough people on Earth to make it to Irwa heaven.
2: I also feel like in in our world, you don't really get the opportunity to do things that are so this bad. I mean, I mean, I guess there are some people who do like nasty things, but for the most part, it's that's not really much of an incentive or opportunity.
1: Yeah, that was that was four hundred years ago. I don't know, maybe less in some places. Yeah, some countries, bad things happen all the time. I wonder if there's a country where women aren't allowed to wear boots. Just think
2: there is. Probably or, you know, they're not allowed to do all this stuff. It doesn't have to be boots, I guess. Um, I have a nice quote by Sir Wheel, I think. Um, where he talks about life and what it's like to live a life. Um, And he says, it was all a sham living a life forever stumbling, lurching chasing resolutions that you name as your own forever coming after what you are differences spew from the oblivion of the same and events forever tumble, delivering twists, turns, surprises, that are in no way surprising. And there you are. Suffocating in the aching heart of it all. Ducking across the numb perimeter. Coming to be. Coming to be only in the lee of your questions. That ghost fools. Ghost fools call a reflection. You waken with a start. Guess about a missing heartbeat. And find yourself doing things. You wonder if you ever had a father. <laughs> So uplifting.
0: What was that? All fathers beat their sons, or what was that line?
2: Yeah, I th- that actually, that was, it's now that you bring it up, that I think it was mentioned twice. um
1: think, yells it to the army.
2: And Naor, <coughs> I think Naor tells it to Moangas, or at least Mwangus, or Moangas thinks it. I'm not sure if it's Naor who says it or Moangas. Um but it is, yeah. It's interesting that it was brought up in the two different contexts.
0: Yeah, these are tough ones to uh, to discuss. Harder than I thought the- <laughs> to like put it put it all together to kind of recap. It's strange. I'm, I think I'm more confused now than I was before.
2: I'm sorry about that.
0: No, it's it's uh, because there's things that I, I don't think about until we we talk. And then it's like, I never thought of it that way. And then I'm like, I have no idea.
2: That's true. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, that means yeah. there's some benefits to these conversations, I guess.
0: Of course there is.
2: <laughs> um I, mean, I guess the only thing that we haven't talked about is uh, Serwa and Sorriel, and their relationship, if there is any. I, I kind of got the idea that, I mean, Sorriel seems to be very much in love with Serwa. Um, but he also manages to sleep with Zoranga just, like, because <laughs> I... <laughs> um uh, on the same day she i don't know she seems like she's kind of into him but knows that it's too dangerous for he, her to like display any affection publicly and then she also is the one who um basically like captures zoronga and, and brings him to Kellas, at least at like what i gather from from the context so I wonder how I guess i I wonder like how does Sorwell feel about Sorwa now that she's kind of sort of responsible for the death of his friend slash lover and what how does like what what Sorwell feels or what does she think about Sor, Sorwell and is she actually attracted to him or is it, you know, is there some hidden agenda that she has?
0: I think there's gotta be a hidden agenda, right?
1: I think he was debating whether she would sacrifice everything like her dad did for the thousandfold thought. If he's just as easily sacrificed. Or maybe he's Esnet who's not as easily sacrificed. <laughs> Don't know. Maybe I guess SMET's we'll find out. easily it. sacrificed. So I guess we're going to see. Proyas was easily sacrificed. Katarina thought it was too easily. Should have been a couple more pages.
2: Yeah, maybe just like... Two, three, four, or five, you know a couple a couple um, a couple
1: <laughs> but as far as like the slowness of these books, I I kind of get what the black and blue collar reader was talking about. The story itself is kind of slow because it's sort of secondary to. R. Scott Baker being able to question life, the universe, and everything.
2: <laughs> I think that's fair. I maybe maybe I wish it wasn't. It was done. Maybe like in a like in a, in a conversation between characters, rather than just reading these like long passages where it's sort of like this omniscient narrator that's just telling you like what's. Happening on the ground below you. Um we got a little bit from Malawebi's head. But I mean again, confused too though,
1: trying to figure out where his body is and what he can do. Am
2: I like, am I a soul? Oh, I'm just a head. (laughs) (laughs) And wait, callus is my enemy, but oh wait, he was he was right all along. Um but I mean, still, like he's, he's. I guess we have like there are like a lot of characters that don't have anyone to talk to. Like he, like like Malabe, like it's interesting. It's an interesting perspective. But he's still like, like he only like can read his thoughts or about his thoughts. Like he's not there isn't anyone that he could have a conversation with, which I I think might make it more accessible or like easier to read if you have like maybe two characters like bouncing off each other um but that's just my preference like i i like i generally like i tend to like in these at least in this series like i tend to enjoy like conversations between characters a lot um Mm -hmm. and i feel like we maybe in in the in the second series in this series that we get um we get like a lot of like very like solitary characters who can't really talk to any about anyone about what they're thinking and feeling, either because there is no one there or they're too scared. like They don't know who they can trust so that um, they have to keep everything to themselves.
0: Seems like that happens a lot.
1: There's some more interesting conversations that will happen.
2: I'm looking forward to them.
1: No doubt, yeah. This book, we had the survivor and the crab hand out. was really? interesting getting a new Dunyan perspective of life. Where is Crab Hands? We didn't see him, do
2: we? Um, He's running around the woods somewhere.
0: Yeah, he's, he uh, outmaneuvered. The skin spy. Now he's just kind of roaming. Hmm. I wonder what's going to happen with him? Maybe. I,
2: maybe nothing. I. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe he's going to show up at the very last page and save the day.
1: Him and Kilomous fight it out. Crab hands or kill.
2: <laughs> but I mean, that would be an interesting, <laughs> interesting duel.
0: That'd be be a good uh, showdown. Wow, yeah. So (laughs) anything else you guys can think of from this one?
2: I I think I'm exhausted. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I don't know how good we did, but I guess we tried our best. I was sprawling. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it was kind of of a, a strange it's hard to to discuss because it's very yeah, very very weird.
1: Disorganized as the Great Ordeal is. Mm. Used to be a tight army, now it's just a whole mo- bunch of like individual mobs of pe- people.
2: It it was a bit messy. Um but yeah, I think we tried our best. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. So for those of you reading along with us, uh next week we will be discussing 11 12 and 13 we'll stop at 14 uh for reasons daniel suggested that we'd stop there so 11 12 and 13 for next week so we'll (laughs) we'll take another stab at it but it is i'm i'm excited i think i've said this more than once but it it's fun to be near the end but it's also a little sad that we're getting to the end so
2: I'm, I'm getting anxious.
1: At least that must means that you think it's a good book. If it's a bad book, you're excited in other ways to get to the end. Sad excited means that you're at least enjoying it. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm in, I guess I'm enjoying it. I think I maybe was enjoying the great, great ordeal a little bit more. Um, but I'm enjoying it, and I may, I'm 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 a little bit concerned that we're almost halfway through, and we're like still not at Golgadareth, and a lot of these people are still alive, and I don't I don't know like if they're like, if it seems too short of a book to like get to Golgadareth and then have like a big, you know. Uh, resolution of everything and like the, the part where you like travel back from uh from Mordor to the Shire and I don't feel like that's that will fit into this book
0: I kind of expect it to once we get to the point maybe in Golgothroth but once we get to a certain point I, I kind of feel like everything's going to wrap up very quickly like it's going to be very abrupt and not too drawn out like we'll have a lot of answers in a very short period of time that's kind of what I'm expecting
1: that would go along with steve's everybody dies theory there's not very many stories to wrap up if everyone's dead everyone's stories pretty much end ended there's
2: there's no one left in shire to go back to i mean i don't think there is a Shire. is there a shire i I don't think there is a shire in these books
1: no the mama never made it out they're still slaves they might be just going to make a shire right now, though, since been collapsed. Who knows what these little—they're—they're
2: they're taking things. over. They're the the next race to taking be. Uh, yep.
0: Maybe the shrank and a dragon will go to the shire and burn it down.
2: Oh, that would be a fitting ending.
1: <laughs> we still do have a decaying dead flying dragon somewhere, right? The Raku.
0: The Raku. Yeah. Lots of stuff. Lots of things. Lots of things still in the air.
1: But everyone's in the same area, finally. It hasn't been since the Great Ordeal. Since everyone's all been within a nuclear bombs distance of each other. Spells trouble
0: for sure. So, uh eleven, twelve and thirteen for next week. I guess um I guess are we worse on outros or worse on intros?
2: I, I just wave in the outros, that's what I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but people listening on the podcast can see you wave. So
2: Well, I suppose I can say something, but there's not much to say.
0: Yeah.
1: Daniel, any closing thoughts? No. Nope. I guess we will see everyone next week for yeah. the <laughs> beginning of the last half of the book.
0: Katerina, any any prediction? Anything at all?
2: No, don't make me do this again. Uh the no.
1: Okay. All right. How do you guys think a meeting between memara and SMNet is gonna go or would go? How would that go? do you guys think very awkward- M- Mamara who now has acamians maybe two kids and judge and I
2: I and think they the just eye. I think they would just start yelling at each other like that's usually what happens when i spend too much time with my mom, <laughs> like we love each other, but we also should not spend too much time in one room together. And I'm they getting def- the sense by sense, same vibe off of Esmonez and my mom.
1: You definitely learn the right but- buttons to push the more you're around someone. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they'll they'll maybe they'll hug and then they just immediately start getting on each other's nerves. That's my prediction. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. So until next week, uh, everyone have a, a great rest of your day or night or whatever it is, and whatever you're listening or watching. And we can be all be found on page twoing on the forums if you want to contact us there. So we'll see you everybody next week.
2: I'm Wing.